But just know that mental health has affected me deeply in so many ways. Family, friends, relationships, strangers. Everyone I meet has a story that they share. And so I'm sharing part of my story to encourage sharing of stories, breaking the stigma, breaking the silence, uh, knowing that whatever story you're currently in, that maybe you're not alone in that story and someone else has a story as well. So my sophomore year at the University of Maryland, I went thrifting. I went thrifting with a friend, and it was about 20 minutes from campus. It's this awesome mega thrift store with two huge like sections combined together, Unique Thrift, Value Village. If you're in the Maryland, D.C. area, got to check it out. The books are, there's so many books, and if you love books, <laughs> there's so many and they're by like they're sectioned off so they actually put them in sections so you don't have to like search through an entire wall of books and be like what is everything like you can just go to the genres that you enjoy so we went thrifting and it was a pretty typical ordinary normal thrifting session right nothing too out of the ordinary uh, but then we went to the grocery store afterwards and got something to drink and I had gotten a passion fruit drink and then we just kind of were driving back to campus. I had pulled out of the th thrift store parking lot. I just opened my passion fruit drink. And as I took a sip, the thought came in by back of my mind. And this all happened so quick, like instantaneously. The thought arose, what if I'm allergic to passion fruit? What if I'm allergic to this drink? And as soon as that happened, I felt my throat closing up. There was a sense that I couldn't breathe that I was being overwhelmed. My breath started to become erratic, right? I'm driving, I'm about to turn left. The green, there's a green light. But what I do is I swerve to the right, slam on the brakes and hop out of the car because I'm in this panicked state. I'm literally dying. At least that's what it felt like. Like I'm, I'm my throat's closing up and I kind of stumble over, walk to the side and kind of crumple down into a kind of kneeling, fetal position. And I'm like, call 911 to my friend. And I'm like, you know, I'm like breathing like I can't move my arms. They're lead. I can't move the body. I'm out of control. There's no sense of control that I have. And I feel like that I'm dying. And it all came about as a result of what if I'm having an, what if I'm having an anaphylactic shock because I've never had this passion fruit drink before. I speak in these moments with awareness, but in those moments, there was no awareness. There was no awareness of, oh, thought, then patterns of behaviors. It was just, bam, it just all happened so quickly. So the ambulance arrives and stumble over to the ambulance. They check me out. Physiologically, I'm okay. Heart rate's fine. Blood pressure, my throat's not closing up. But I had no idea what happened to me. So then they do, you know, their vital screen, their check, and they're like, well, we could go to the hospital, you could get some tests. And I was like, mm, oh, I have no really no idea what happened to me. Like, I'm just kind of staring blankly at them. They're staring blankly at me. They asked me if I'm on drugs at least three to four times. I'm like, no, not on drugs. <laughs> I just thought I had an allergic reaction to passion fruit. And so they take me to the hospital, wheel me in, I get placed in, you know, the, one of the emergency room beds. The doctor comes in and the nurse comes in and they take my blood. And actually something that was not funny that happened in those moments, but looking back on it might be a little bit funny, was I had this exchange with the nurse like, 
when they were taking my blood, I was like, you're really good at this, right? And she's like, yeah, like I do this all the time, every day. I was like, sweet, all right, cool, because, you know, needles and, and stuff. And the tube popped out, and then all of a sudden my blood's just, you know, spurting onto the ground. I was like, oh, okay, so here, you know, here we are. I just had this experience, and then I'm having this one. And for some reason, this grounded me. Like all of these oddities, you know, the head nurse coming up and asking me, am I on drugs again? I'm like, no, I thought I had an allergic reaction the doctor coming back and just, you know, asking a few questions, but eventually clearing me, never was there a mental health check-in. Not from the EMT, the paramedic, to the nurse, to the doctor, was there a thought, hey, could this be a mental health crisis? I wonder how many people fall through the cracks every day. So what I wasn't aware of in those moments was that this was a panic attack. That these, this out-of-control breathing rhythm, you know, this intense feeling within the body where I can't move parts of my body, this thoughts and feelings like I'm going to die, this was a panic attack. And that the thoughts that I was having were irrational. They were intrusive thoughts, uh, obsessions. And I've had these thoughts before, right? My freshman year and all throughout, you know, college, I was starting to have these new thought patterns that made no sense. I've had peanut butter my whole life, but when I put that spoon to my mouth, all of a sudden I'm thinking, could I have an allergic reaction from this? And then that starts to get me, the body really stressed. It's almost prepping for this, you know, reaction. So I have these obsessive thought patterns and there are many themes, so many themes, checking things, making sure the stove's turned off, making sure that the door is locked coming, you know, walking down the stairs, coming back up, walking down the stairs, coming back up. It can happen, you know, there's so many different themes. And then I have these reactions, these compulsions, behaviors that actually uh, kind of intermingle within these obsessions. And it's a really intense looping pattern that's hard to break, that's hard to get out of. But I had no idea that I had an obsessive and compulsive mind in those moments, in that panic attack, in that ambulance, in the ER you know, I had no idea what I was going through. And so this led me to a self-discovery of, you know, exploring the mental health field. And uh, it was actually students throughout my journey. Students have raised awareness, have advocated, have shed light on who I am. Obsessive and compulsive mind. Now you'll notice that I don't use the language of OCD. I don't say that I'm disordered. Obsessive and compulsive disorder. Notice how that feels. Disorder. Disease. Illness. Something that needs to be fixed. Something that is broken. I don't see myself in those terms. I don't see myself as diseased. I don't see myself as having a disorder. I don't see myself as ill. These are personal choices. And within my story, there's a lot of privilege. And it's important to acknowledge and name this when talking about mental health because mental health affects us all and it does not affect us all equally. The ability to call the ambulance, the ability, I had a car, you know, I had a phone. You know, I, the ambulance came. I didn't have to worry about being deported because I'm a U.S. citizen. Being a white, male 
every person, the doctor, the you know, EMT, the paramedic, they all look like me. So within mental health, there's a significant privilege around race and ethnicity. The majority of psychologists in the U.S. are white. The majority of counselors and therapists are white females. So when I am in this system, I don't have to worry about, well, th will this person misdiagnose me? Will this person deny my cultural experiences and heritage? Will they see me for who I really am? I don't have to have those kind of thoughts. There's a certain amount of privilege in those moments. I have health care, right? I don't, I, that ambulance ride might cost thousands. It was only 10 minute ride. It might cost thousands of dollars, but because I have health care and I'm and insured, I, I remember asking my mom, maybe a couple hundred or less, 15, $10. Being in that hospital room, I was given a bed almost immediately, but I saw a person of color who was handcuffed to a, a bed outside with no, you know, curtain around them and police officers there, they weren't given the luxury of, of having that curtain so no one could see them. Maybe they were in a mental health crisis, but they were treated differently based on the color of their skin. So there's significant privilege within my story, having access to therapists who can actually say, oh yeah, that sounds like OCD. There's generational and historical privilege with wealth and access to resources about how the area that I was in and there is a hospital nearby and my parents have not only individual but collective wealth from their family. And, and so there's a lot there to unpack. I wonder how many people fall through the cracks every day in all of the hospitals and places all over the country. So there's a significant amount of privilege in my story, and it's important to name and acknowledge this. But in those moments, right, I was not aware of all of these things. It's through reflection and conscious awareness and, and, and becoming more aware of my story and how it's connected to this larger picture that I'm able to step back and be like, oh, wow, this is really complex. So part of me sharing my story today is a way of breaking the cycle of judgment, how we perceive others, oh, that they're weird, right? Oh, wow, I had this thought of passion fruit and I went into a panic attack and I went, I could, there's this, you know, that, that's normal and it's okay. So kind of breaking the cycle of judgments, um, but also raising awareness of how our systems are failing. They don't catch everyone and they're built from a place of privilege, which is really important to acknowledge as we think about, well, re-envisioning the mental health care system, how and why, and the impact that that, that can have on, who, on us, I think is immense and important discussion that we have to have. I just wanna thank you for allowing me to share my story in this space with you. No doubt, as I was sharing my story, maybe your mind was wandering into your own story. The people you love, the places you've been. So maybe we pause and just end this podcast, this episode, this story, 
with three deep breaths, wherever you are at your own pace and rhythm. Stay well and keep going. Bye-bye.